Welcome to this new podcast series by the program in international nutrition at Cornell University or as we call it the PIN podcast. In this series, trainees in PIN will be interviewing an expert in the field of international nutrition and global health. Today on the podcast, our interviewers include three graduate students including myself and one postdoctoral fellow. I'm Kripa. Hello and namaste. Hola, yo soy Elizabeth. Hola, soy Christy. Salut, I'm Sam. And our guest for today is someone who has more than 25 years of experience in public health nutrition. She leads the Systems Analysis for Nutrition team at the United Nations World Food Program, Dr. Saskia Dupi. Welcome to our PIN podcast. We are really excited to have you as our first guest. So you are a senior technical advisor for nutrition at the World Food Program. So could you please tell us a bit about this role and what a typical day for you looks like? Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the invitation. So yes, I work at the, uh, the World Food Program. Uh, I lead our team on systems analysis for nutrition. And I also um, am like a sort of an internal scientific advisor uh, on nutrition within the nutrition division of WFP but also with uh, other divisions uh, in WFP. So I've got a background in nutrition, a PhD in nutrition, uh, worked in it for 25 years. Um, so because of that, uh, I really sit between science and implementation and application. So I have a lot of uh, expertise in translating questions uh, from the field but also communicating uh, to scientists what our practical questions are uh, at an organization like WFP or in the, in the field. Um, so a typical day uh, in my life, um, it can be very different. Uh, so it can be really digging into a topic and it can also be uh, responding to, uh, to a lot of questions. Um, and also mentoring and supervising uh, the team that I lead to make sure that the young professionals that come on board uh, yeah, also have a good understanding of their, of their role uh, and also grow uh, in their role. That, that is really fascinating. Uh, we would love to hear more about your career trajectory, how you got from finishing up your PhD to joining Kellenkiller International and then the work group program uh, on top of also being a professor. Yeah, so my um, PhD research was in Indonesia. Uh, it was on uh, vitamin A deficiency. Um, and really we looked at uh, how dietary, uh, a dietary approach, we wanted to understand how much that contributes to reducing uh, vitamin A deficiency. Uh, so after that research, which, was, which had some uh, remarkable result because we gave uh, portions of dark green leafy vegetables to women uh, who were breastfeeding, uh, and then we assessed the change of vitamin A status uh, in breast milk and in uh, serum. And we found no change uh, with the dark green leafy vegetable group, and we found a change with the group that received the beta carotene but in a cream, in a, in a special sandwich cookie that we provided. Mm -hmm. um, so that then um, highlighted that actually there were some uh, problems with the matrix um, that contain the pro-vitamin A. 
Um, and then we continued and did a study uh, with children who we gave also vitamin A through the diet from vegetables, fruits, or animal source food. And then we were able to quantify um, and compare the different impact. Uh, so that was a, and, and then we did find that the conversion factor uh, was much lower than had been assumed until then for the conversion from pro-vitamin A from vegetables and fruits to uh, vitamin A in the body, so to say. Um, so then after that uh, PhD, I moved on to Helen Keller International, uh, an NGO um, in, well, it's, it's worldwide, but uh, I work in the uh, Indonesia team and in the Asia Pacific region uh, more broadly. Um, then I also did a lot of uh, work on surveillance, uh, data analysis uh, and communicating findings to policymakers. Uh, and then from there, after 10 years, uh, I moved to the World Food Programme. Uh, so that's now 14 years ago. And there I started uh, at the moment where uh, we were transitioning from a quite basic food basket to more specialized foods uh, inclusion for specific target groups. Um, so that exposed me also to food technologists um, and I, was at the interface of translating what nutritional profile do we want in a food and what could that food then be? Um, and what are then the requirements for producing that? And what does it mean for provision and for programming? Uh, yeah, so through those different uh, opportunities in my, in my career, I was able to also link to other fields. Uh, you know, with the surveillance was also with an economist then it was also with anthropology, it was also with uh, economics um, and with uh, food science. So to really uh, see that nutrition sits so much uh, at the interface of different disciplines, and you need that exposure to those disciplines to be able to wor work with them um, yeah, more effectively. Thank you for that. So what would you say are some of the priority areas for the organization for the next five to 10 years? Of course, we're very much guided by the sustainable development goals. Um, I see systems thinking uh, becoming much, much stronger um, and also the interlinking of, uh, of systems. If we talk uh, nutrition, um, it's a similar thing. Um, of course, food systems are very much um, yeah, what we now see as a a great interface for nutrition. You know, ultimately, we want our diets to provide good nutrition, so we must understand um, what's happening in that food system. Um, and then, of course, also the food system impacts climate. Um, so there uh, is another uh, area that yeah, is becoming so much stronger. And of course, the, the climate impacting the diets, um, and especially in the countries where we work um, so much. So I think those are some yeah, major areas that we see uh, developing. Yeah, definitely. Multidisciplinary uh, fields in nutrition are definitely important for the trainees out there. Um, and so I was wondering, uh, what is something that you would have liked to have known or learned when you were doing your PhD um, or any general advice for PhD graduate students? Yeah. I think good advice is to really uh, learn good skills 
um, and that is skills in analysis, uh, in writing, in uh, communicating. Um, you will have to work with uh, other sectors as well, uh, and you will have to yeah, catch their interest and speak to them in a, in a language and with, uh, with means that pull, that pull their attention, that hold their attention, and that gets them to, to ready to work with you. And, and ready to also uh, work on uh, more yeah, better nutrition. And if you work with people um, who have a more quantitative mindset and more in, in economics, it's really numbers that you must come with. Uh, and you must visualize them in a, in a good way. And you must, of course, they must be very solid. Um, and yeah, you should also uh, be able to speak with, with the community and understand yeah, what affects them uh, and how they can um, care for, yeah, for health and nutrition and be supported and enabled to, to work on it. Um, so your skills have to be various um and, and and you have to bring an expertise of course you, you can't be an expert on all the aspects of nutrition but you have to come with a specific expertise which then yeah, gives you your entry point and your contribution but you must be able to bring that contribution effectively by also yeah, having those skills different skills oh that's I think that's, that's impressive in terms of the combination and hearing about your background from uh, studies in Indonesia to right now and all the different partners and NGOs and communities. It, it, it seems like a lot of, uh, a, lot, a lot to jungle. Like how do you find balance in between uh, your career, your position in an international organization, interacting with so many different partners and also mentoring and, and teaching? How do you, how do you find your balance and, and what would you what would you advise in terms of trying to find uh, that that point of equilibrium in trying to handle so many different things yeah I, I think you, you have to find where your where your passion is uh, because then you'll have the the energy and the enthusiasm uh, to go after it so yeah, my interest is is broad, uh, and I like uh, mentoring and uh, taking people yeah to, to a next level and, and help them um, yeah do a good job for a good purpose. Uh, so that that gives me energy, and then uh, yeah, I, I try and juggle the the different things uh, as as they yeah as they sort of come along, right? It's and especially an organization like WFP, you're yeah, you have some level of control over your uh, work plan, but there's also uh, things within the organization and outside that may come up and that just needs yeah, a way of addressing them that you have to create or invent as they appear. Yeah, it's also about yeah, having good people in the team um, who, yeah, who are able to, to do the work together. No? Uh, that, that sounds like uh, keeping your eyes <laughs> open and, and ready to react to almost everything that, that kind of comes your way and trying to choose what to prioritize, I, I suppose. And, and yeah, what to prioritize and how to deliver on it, right? I mean, as a scientist, you always want to do sort of the best job possible, but you also have to say, okay, for this, 
90% uh, great is good enough because I cannot drop those other balls. No? So yeah, you have to decide where is the level of, um, yeah, say it's, uh, of perfection that you wanna, yeah. that you think should go into this. And if you're also okay for this one, yeah, 85% is fine because it, it meets the requirements. And then I can also work on the other uh, parts. Well, I think, that's, I think that's something that we can all learn from. I think as, uh, as graduate students, we also try to deal with many different, uh, not at the same level, but different uh, tasks and commitments. And there is always someone who says like, we should learn to, to how to, how to prioritize and how to, how to accept when, when it's enough, when enough work has been done for something to, to leave our place. So I think that's a key skill to develop. Yeah, yeah, and you also, you have to find how you work most efficiently. Right. I, I, I always worked remotely almost. So when people were together in the office, I had a lot of time that I could concentrate because they were having their meetings and I would hear something about it afterwards, which was fine. Now that we're all virtual with COVID, I'm getting pulled into every meeting because everybody's being pulled in, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes like, where is my time to, uh, you know, just sit down and concentrate for three hours without interruptions? It's, it's hardly, <laughs> hardly possible, yeah. Yeah, um, so I have two more quick questions and maybe we already heard the answer to one of them, but one is what is the worst thing you consider about your job? Yeah, well, if, if there was a really bad thing, I wouldn't have this job anymore. Then I would have said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I think the, yeah, sort of that, that you cannot always, you're not always in control of what needs to be done in a, in a week or in a, in a day. Um, and yeah, sometimes you, you have to say, yeah, I, I can't do all that uh, should be done, which, which can be a, can be a hard thing, but um, yeah, at the same time, it's, it's, it's the reality. So you try and manage that uh, because you don't like to, to not deliver well on something, but yeah, sometimes that, that does happen. And that's something I don't like. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And what is the best thing about your job? Um, no, it's the, the teams and the people that I work with um, and how everybody is so um, yeah so so driven to achieve good good results and have a meaningful uh, yeah meaningful impact and it's um, yeah it's a very challenging problem of course food insecurity and uh, and malnutrition but the the energy that many people bring to it uh, and also the the creative solutions and and their uptake um, yeah that I really enjoy that. Wow, so that was that, a lot of uh, words of wisdom. I know, I know we have like a few minutes left. So I just want to say, do you have any other key message of, you know, words of wisdom for, for us, the, the students or young professionals that are you know, listening? Yeah, for nutrition, um, I, I see that uh, nutrition really takes context specific solutions. Uh, and we have to be very careful to apply um, meta-analyses and systematic reviews to questions in nutrition. And I, I really want to give that as a, as a point to, uh, to people getting into this. Uh, for example, if we want to assess the impact of 
yeah, food of a certain composition on uh, nutritional status or, or on, on health. Um, you know, two foods are not exactly the same and they come in addition to a diet that can be very, very different. Um, same thing if we say uh, a contribution from cash to nutrition. You know, the question is how much cash are you giving? What can you buy? What can people buy with that cash? How much uh, cash do they already have? So the question is pointless unless you become specific. Um, and that applies to many questions in nutrition that deal with uh, diet and that deal with um, yeah, cash and an economic situation. It doesn't apply as much uh, to giving a supplement. Um, and much of the systematic reviews and that work on nutrition has been grown coming from um, yeah, the, the more supplement uh, type of research. So we have to be careful when we apply try and apply that to um, yeah, a relatively modest uh, effect size type interventions that are very different for people in different contexts. So really understand the, the impact pathways and learn from that rather than say, this is my intervention and here's the sort of the outcome and what's in between. You, that is where the, the, yeah, that's where it happens or doesn't happen. And that's what needs to be understood. Yeah. Great. With that, we come to the end of this podcast and it was great to learn about everything you do and to learn your insights. Thank you so much, Dr. Dapit, for joining us today. Um, we hope we can have you again. And thank you to all the listeners. We'll be coming up with more such insightful conversations. So stay tuned.